I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. Hello, my name is Marek. Welcome, old listeners... And probably two to three new listeners. Now, we've done that expensive advertising campaign. This is... On uh, public toilets. A key moment when you're listening, judging us, deciding, do I want to spend the next 25 minutes in the company of these people? And I feel pretty under pressure, David. Okay, well, maybe this will make you feel better. Yesterday, I was in a uh, tapas restaurant... And I saw uh, Mark Commode um, walking along the street with a wheelie case. He was looking old. There you go. Does that make you feel a bit better? Oh, not really. A wheelie case in Soho. What's he doing? There's no airports there. He's probably got all his brill cream in there for his hair. He's probably got Simon Mayo in it. He's probably writing all the notes that have... He's written, after listening to this podcast, so he nicks and put it in his own podcast. Now, we've already been and told all... that was Edith Bowman. We can't keep holding it against Mark Kermode. The backstory is someone wrote in for uh, <laughs> new listeners and people who seldom listen. Someone wrote in saying that uh, Mark Kermode, who does a BBC podcast ripping us off, turns out it was just his stand-ins. It was uh, just his stand-ins. So someone wrote in with their big <coughs> shitty spoon, got uh, us both... Merrick Moore riled up about it and then someone else had to write in to say we were quite wrong in our anger. It was not righteous. Well, I didn't do this podcast talk about other people's podcasts. This is a podcast in which we're chatting about films we've seen in the cinema and recently. You sure. went to the cinema. I did go to the cinema. I went to The uh, View in Islington. Angel, do you know it? I am indifferent to that cinema. Uh, it's what... It, it doesn't offend me. The clientele yeah. are never overly annoying. Uh, you know, it's fine. The staff are okay. You know, they're not incompetent. They turn the lights off after the trailers. That annoys me a bit, but at least they turn them off. It feels you know? like going to a big city that's in the mall. Yeah. You feel quite anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice sometimes, especially <laughs> if you're not wearing pants and trousers. That's true. Anonymity is best. Tops, no bottoms. Um, so I went to see the film Legend which is about the Cray twins, gangster mm-hmm. brothers of old London town, uh, both of whom are played by uh, Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this... A pair of glasses. Uh, Tom, Tom Hardy with a pair of glasses, uh, Tom Hardy without a pair of glasses. Well, actually, he's, he's, somehow they've managed to break his nose and uh, and his, his cheeks seem to be stuffed with something. Because um, uh, 
Ronnie Cray was always like he like he was eating two. Um, uh, I was going to say Battenbergs, but I don't mean that. What are they called? Those uh, Tonics tea cakes. Like he's got yeah. those two Tonics tea cakes. But um, basically, it tells the story of uh, the two brothers. But when it starts, uh, they already they're already gangsters. It's not an origin story, thank God. Uh, they've already they're big news in London, and it's them just uh, it's Reggie who is the sort of charming business-headed one, unlike uh, Ronnie, who is the uh, sociopathic, violent and homosexual one. Um, it's Reggie having a relationship with um, a girl who he then marries, and it's it's her story, basically. And she's played by Emily Browning, um, who is uh, very pretty, um, and she narrates the whole thing. Uh, so, is that an excuse, though? Because when people do voiceovers, I always think... It can go two ways, can't it? I mean, mm. sometimes it works. I think it works in Seven, because it's Morgan Freeman, but also it Morgan works... Morgan Freeman can do it in any film. But it also works in um, American Beauty, doesn't it? With um, Kevin Spacey, I think. Um, but but then he, that's because he's narrating because he's dead, that's why, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. But so it, if, it, if, it, if it suits the piece, um, this it is... It really, really doesn't suit the piece. I mean, someone's emailed in, we'll probably read it out uh, a bit later, with exactly the same thought that I had, uh, having watched Legend. It is a Blade Runner level of shit, this voiceover. Right. It is pretentious. It isn't in the voice of the character. It's in the voice of the writer-director, quite clearly. It, you know, if, if the character is being omniscient, they have to... They have to at least be themselves and have attitudes they would have and use language that they would use, and she isn't. It's it's awkward and unnecessary, almost entirely as well. It feels tacked on and shit. And and it gives the whole piece this really odd flavour of smugness that it doesn't need. Now, at the heart of this, Tom Hardy's dual performances as the two brothers are faultless. They're brilliant. And Ronnie Cray is a really good, uh, funny creation. He's a brilliant character. They, they don't, you know, they don't pull any punches. He's he's a proper uh, sociopath, but he also does have weird glimpses of warmth, and um, he's articulate, even though he's mental. It's a really good character who's created, and he is utterly different as Reggie. You. If you saw a shot in isolation, you'd know which one he was playing, and it's not just because of the glasses. You know, you would know. Um, he's really, really good in it. The central character played by Emily Browning is sadly trousers. It's complete rubbish. She is a porcelain doll and nothing more. They people keep saying, "Oh, she's fragile. You need to be careful. She's fragile." And then you see, Do I say it also. Yeah. Oh, oh she's, you, fragile. she's bloody fragile. Well, mate. it's it's a it's a, it's in the sixties, so it's not quite Ray Winston territory. But the tone of this is, it's far more Guy Ritchie than it is Long Good Friday. You know, it it isn't a throwback classic golden era of British gangster movie it's a bit silly and it feels like a comic book adaptation there's a there's a f- fight scene where Ronnie and Reggie uh, take on a rival gang completely outnumbered Reggie who uh, used to be a boxer with the twin knuckle dusters and Ronnie who is a sociopath with two hammers and 
they play like pop music over the top, like um, oh, really, yeah, like in modern pop music. Yeah, um, uh, I think maybe from the time actually. I forget what song it was, but it feels like a scene, the scene from Shaun of the Dead, where uh, you know, oh, with, don't stop me now. Yeah, one, it yeah. feels like that, and like that's what they're going for. Like, isn't it fun? You just go. These are real people. These are real people who existed and were. Mm. You know, I'm not sure that's. You know, it, it's not Tarantino. You know, it. it uh, but if it was all like that, that would be f- sort of fine, I guess. But it, it, it's not. It's, it's neither one thing nor the other, really. But the central problem is this character who is the the absolute spine of this uh, film. Um, Francis is the uh, the character's name, and she. They have. They don't know anything about her. What she's thinking. What it. I don't think it's Emily Browning's fault. I think the screenplay hasn't a bloody clue who she is or why she does anything. I read the script pretty rubbish, and, that, and there's a big thing going online how they used a Guardian two star review, and they put it and they put it in between their heads on the poster. So it looks like they're obscuring the other three yeah, stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read pretty bad. You always look at the four star reviews, and you always see who is it from. Because <coughs> it's pretty impossible not to get a four star mm. review, and if it's from like you know Marie Claire. Or you know, good films online. Some made up yeah, website. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's bad for them. It's five stars. It, <coughs> it was just nice to be asked to attend. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it, it's not as bad as that. It, I, yeah, it. That I read a, a review on a, a site called um, uh, Film Drunk of it, uh, which is particularly good actually. Filmdrunk.com and. Uh, he put, he hit the nail on the head. I thought where. It keeps following this fairly boring and cliched storyline between Reggie and Francis, where she's like, "Oh, Reggie, you've got to go straight. You've promised me you go straight," and he's like, "Yeah, I'll go straight." And then he doesn't go straight, and then it, and it's like this is we've seen this a thousand times, and right and right next to him you've got this other performance of uh, Ronnie Cray, who is genuinely something we've not seen before. It's fun and. Uh, layered and interesting and he gets far less screen time than this sort of boring thing in the middle of it mm. um, and, and that's bang on I think I think the the craze aren't that relevant and they never have been, they've sort of been overblown in some areas of London as in some way glamorous rather than just like the violent idiots they probably were that's my were. problem, I really, um, I really hate all this thing, which oh, I didn't really want to go and see it I hate the glorification of this East London thugs, like arseholes, basically, yeah. into being like, oh yeah, they were characters. No, they weren't. They were horrible, violent thugs who kill people and terrify people. And then for some reason, it's like, oh yeah, really great. Oh, great with Ronnie and Reggie around here. No, they're violent, horrible criminals. Anytime I see a funeral with, you know, horses and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, and yeah. Like, a proper horse and chariot where it says, oh, dad, dad with flowers saying down the side, I think... And they have, everyone looks like criminals. And they don't sort of think, oh, that's a shame someone's died. I think, oh, and that horrible criminal has died. Yeah, yeah. I just cannot stand this glorification of these brutal, disgusting men. I th- and I think a um, a skillful filmmaker or writer or team 
could do it well. They could do something with the craze that was relevant. Yeah. Well, this, you mentioned the Long Good Friday, which I think is oh, an incredible, brilliant film, and just fi- what, fictional characters yeah, and as well. Got, isn't and it? it's got Charlie from Casualty in it. Does it? Yeah. He's uh, <laughs> the one film we did before he spent his life in casu- doing Casualty. Yeah. But that is an amazing film. Helen, young Helen Mirren in it, of course. Bob Hoskins being brilliant. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan. Right at the start. Yeah, who doesn't say a word. He's just, just a sexy Irish man yeah. who seduces someone to their death in a swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch The Craze, then watch The Long Good Friday if you haven't seen it. Well, look, The Craze, I would say, if you are a fan of Tom Hardy, this is one of his most fun performances, actually. You know, okay. it's, not ter- it's not a terrible film at all. It, it held my attention. It's just, at the end of it, you're like, oh, it could have been, could have been more than that. Um I'd probably give it six, David. That's quite a lot. It's all right. It's just above average, isn't it? So they could have put your three stars that equates to yeah. in between the heads on the poster. Yeah, they could have done. They could have done. It would be better than The Guardian, Film Fandango. They could have had a bit more space in between. We them. should probably, uh, in order to get more listeners, really just give everything five to try and get on a movie poster. Do you think we can try and get on a movie poster? And people will go, what's Film Fandango? I'm going to look that up on my phone and listen to all those podcasts. Yeah, exactly. And then give you three pounds. I don't know whether they will or not. Well, we'll have a business meeting after this recording. A business meeting? We'll basically just say what we just did. I mean, we don't know anything about business. i tell you what, but, though. What? Are you, do you want to talk about it a bit No, more? I think that's it. The, the supporting cast is the only other thing I was going to mention. It's, uh, you know, high calibre. You've got uh, David Fulis in there as the accountant. You've got uh, Christopher Eccleston as the cop who's after them, who's entirely ineffectual, seemingly. Um, you've got Paul Bettany looking very old as a rival uh, sort of dandy gang leader. Um, it's it it's fun at times and sort of a bit like oh come on mate at others and tonally all over the place. But wait till it comes out on video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend. I don't know why it's <coughs> called mean? legend because they're not legends, but there doesn't seem to be any irony in that unless it's like oh legend. Oh, a legend, a mate. Legend. Which basically means a drunk, doesn't it? i tell you what, though. What? It's letters time. Letters time. Who mm. has written in and what do they want? Uh, some people have written in. Good, I'm glad. The first one is Christopher Dodd. He's written in. Please read this out in the tone of a New York taxi driver who, despite being nice all day, hasn't received one tip... He just consumed a jumbo large hot dog, which is now giving him a stomachache. I think this is yours. He still has two hours of his shift to complete. He needs a loo desperately. <coughs> it's still my chest infection from about three weeks ago. I can't oh believe God. it. Have you got this? A New York taxi driver needs to have a shit. <laughs> That's the one. Hi, guys. Uh, I was watching an interview with Gene Wilder who said Richard Pryor was going to play the new black shower from Blazing Saddles. But more than brothers felt he wasn't reliable and replaced him. This got me thinking, would the film have been better if we'd have played the role? I'm not sure. I think he may have dominated it. There were so many strong performances in the film, including Madeline Can that he would have stolen every scene he was in. (laughs) I consider Blazing Saddles to be a team effort of all the actors involved. What do you think? Kind regards, Chris. 
Richard Pryor was that. Yeah, because he was going to play that black sheriff. Not it? Richard Briars. Not Richard Briars. No. no. Um, well, Richard, I, I think Blazing Saddles is sort of perfect the way it is, but I don't think uh, Richard Pryor would have dominated over um, Gene Wilder. I mean, they've done films yeah. together before. Um, See no evil, hear no evil. They play a blind guy and a deaf guy, don't they? Together, and loads of them. Silver Street. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. They they got a fantastic double act going. So it's sort of. It would have made it more like other things we've seen. Yeah, that that's why I think it would have been. Yeah, would have been more of the, their relationship. Would have been. Would have been. And now you say Blazing Saddles. I actually think about the jokes. Yeah, I think there's so. It's a film. We think that's. It is a balanced film, and it's all the, all the number of gags that stand. The out. lead is brilliant in it. <coughs> he plays it perfectly. Like absolutely. Yeah, he's totally been quite naive. Yeah. Yeah, he was in um, a TV series called V. That I used to like when I was oh, a kid. Oh, I remember that, yeah. About lizard people taking the red out. eyes or something, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ate um, rodents, ate gerbils and stuff. Uh, I think that Blazing Saddles is, yeah, it's a film about gags, uh, which is a typical Mel Brooks film. Well, it's, really. a, it's the perfect Mel Brooks film. I think there are other really good ones, you know, like Young Frankenstein and uh, um, Spaceballs, I guess. Um, but. <coughs> Apologies. The, the producer's been a very different one, but yeah. Blazing Saddles is fantastic. Gene Wilder at his best as well because he's it's such a subtle performance for being you know the co-lead I guess yeah um, no he's brilliant he's brilliant but I do think Richard Pryor was a, Richard Pryor was a genius so any film he makes he would have made it better yeah yeah um, okay let's read you know, I want to read the one before I do my film have you got the one talking about legend in there let me see well, you're going to have to feel now while I look up Legend on the... Uh, I've entered it into... Um, oh, you're filling yourself there with your... Oh, Legend, yes. This is Rob Marland, who, um, a football player. Yes. Who plays for the West Wirral Snake Hips in my sporting league, the Volksball League. How did they do in their debut, the Snake Hips? They've, they've won all four of their games. Well, Blimey. Well, they're not allowed back. Um, how did he want... He, uh, oh, he wants to be Danny Dyer. Uh, this one so uh, Danny Dyer hi chaps I just got back from seeing that new Cray Twins film Legend I'll cut to the chase it's sub mediocre 4 out of 10 robs I got in for £3.75 because I live in the north but I couldn't live with myself if I didn't warn you against pissing your hard earned cash away on a London price ticket normally two tomatoes would be worth the price of admission not today to be fair, the acting is lovely jubbly. It's the script that lets the film down. The voiceover narration by the actress playing Reggie's wife is Blade Runner bad. Told you. I've picked out a couple of choice gems for you. Number one, we honeymooned in Greece. The Parthenon had stood for 2,400 years. Reggie's promise to go straight lasted two weeks. Oh, God. Yeah, it's appalling. Number two... The world is a bit like London. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Oh. Wow. Deep. There was also something in there about tea being the solution to all problems. You know, because this is England. But the main problem was the tone. Do you remember the scene in the Shaun of the Dead? There you go. He's agreeing with me on Don't Stop Me Now. Yeah, I've already said it, so I'll cut to the chase. Uh Blah, 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 yeah. To sum up, it's Douglas Hurd, my son. Best Rob. 
Yes. No, I was very pleased to get <coughs> the email because we had exactly the same thoughts, Rob. It, it, it as well, I've said it already. It's totally all over the place, and the voiceovers trousers. Very odd. Very odd. But I think it's probably the writer also being the director not having a decent enough editor to say no. You know. Yeah. Makes sense. How many more? Um, well, I've got another one I think I'd like you to read out. Mm. It is in the voice of a Mexican man who is broken up with his transsexual girlfriend. Oh, this is there's a partner piece to the transsexual Mexican who'd broken up with his yeah, yeah. Uh, boyfriend. Okay. This is from Dominic Faculty. Okay. I'll let you do it. Thanks. So, what was it? It was a. Mexican man who's broken up with his transsexual girlfriend. Now, Marek, here's an cho- editorial choice for you. Is it post-op transsexual girlfriend? I think... How many paragraphs is it? Uh, I'm just a cost it's about two. I think it. the first paragraph I want a pre-op. Yeah. And then the second paragraph a uh, post-op. Uh, post-op. Okay. Dear Slum Fandango... I am rather new to the podcast, but I am listening through some old ones and keeping up to date with the new ones. I'm really enjoying the show. Thank you very much for making it. I have a couple of favourite lesser-seen films that I would like to recommend to you all. Hear what you <coughs> hear what you think if you have seen them. The first is Colossus, the forbid, forbidden project. I don't know if that is a typo or that is what it is called. An early 70s film where the US government have created a supercomputer to be in total control of America's nuclear missiles. This is a really great film that is creeping throughout definitely nine doms from me, Dom. Another nine doms went to the 1962... What? It's quiet, buddy. <laughs> no, I said quiet. He does not respond to me, Dom. This is all in the letter. Yes, it's all in there. It's really He creepy. knows when Buddy's going to bark and he's responding quiet. It's this creepy. is a psychic trans. It's crazy. What, crazy he, but he loses his psychic ability when his dick gets cut off. Oh no! <laughs> you would lose so much more. Another nine doms went to the 1962 Roger Corman film The Intruder. It stars William Shatner, who plays a man who calls himself a social reformer. He rolls into a small southern town just before interrogation of black students into the town's previously white only school. Integration, not interrogation. Oh my god. <laughs> Integration of black students into the town's previously white only school and stirs the town up into a racial frenzy. This is very hard hitting film that has made the same year as To Kill a Mockingbird and also deals with the subject of racism but in a far grittier way. Hope you enjoy them both. Thanks for all you do. Keep watching the films Dom from Reading. Where was the bit where did she change into post up? Uh, I, 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 well, you see, she, uh, she'd gone to post up, you see, halfway through, but I, 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 quiet, buddy, stubby. Um, but I, uh, I was getting over it because time had passed, you see, so I, I got stronger, really. Well, that's a good news, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Right, here's another letter. Right. There's no voice. Well, it'd be hard to understand then. So I'll just do it in my own voice. Oh, okay. Well, I'm reading this one out because it's from Oliver Ashman. And this led to the, me choosing what film I was going to watch for the second film. Yeah. Anyway, before I talk about that, let's hear what Oliver Ashman's got to say. Okay. Hi, David Merrick buddy. Congratulations on your 200 episodes. We're 202 now. Yeah. 
I've been listening since the first episode, and my claim to fame is that you watched 24-hour party people on my recommendation. After your most recent episode, or the one before, I watched The Death of Superman Lives, and can't help thinking that while it looked really interesting and had potential, I think we may have dodged a metaphorical bullet with our me- met- with our mer- metaphorical super speed. Not that we needed to dodge it, we could have shot it with a metaphorical heat vision or stopped it with our metaphorical and vulnerable chest. He's saying that the film shouldn't have got made. John Peters came across as the star of the documentary and was so obviously a dick that I can't see how the best intentions of Nick Cage, Kevin Smith and Tim Burton could ever produce a coherent film. Uh, you mentioned that It Follows is your favourite film of the year so far. I can't watch it myself. As horror films just end up scaring me too much. I mean, there was a time when I used to pretend to be brave and watch it anyway, but now I've accepted this as a genre of film I'll have to miss out on. I'm okay with this. Anyway, I thought I'd let you know my favourite film of the year so far. Every year, a friend and I put together our top ten, two own top tens to compare. Films that have come out of my list in the last few years are Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Killer Joe, Only God Forgives, and Snowpiercer. Only God forgives his shit. That's me there. Um, my favourite of 2015 so far is John Wick. A really cool action film starring Keanu Reeves and Lovejoy. That's Ian McShane. No, it's Lovejoy. It's so much better than Taken and all its clones. No facility means that the fight scenes, of which there are many, play it in a way that's really immersive. It's not gritty like The Raid, but glossy and stylish in a way that really reminded me of Leon. One of my all-time favourites. Uh, finally, the world building is really impressive. Apparently, there's talk of a sequel, which I really like. What I really like is another story set in the same world. The characters all live by a really well-defined set of rules, rolling around the central location, the Continental. Hope you enjoy it. Keep watching the films. Ollie from Portsmouth. Thank you, Ollie from Portsmouth. So, on Ollie's recommendation... Yeah. Uh, because um, this past week or so, yeah. by some fluke, I've managed to get some acting jobs. Yes. So I couldn't have time, didn't have time to go to the cinema. So I thought, oh, I will buy. I read this email and I thought, oh, I looked it up. It said it was out. Yeah, but not for rental. No, it's on Blinkbox for nine ninety nine. Yeah, I spent ten pounds on buying this. Um, uh, on buying um, John Wick. I was keen to see Keanu Reeves make his comeback. This is going down a dark place, isn't it? Yeah, Ollie Ashman, or should I call you Oliver? <laughs> This film is a total load of shit. <laughs> it is awful. Okay, give us a synopsis first. What, what's it about? Okay, imagine you, you're babysitting your uh, nephew or young someone, or maybe it's your own, and you say, okay, uh, you're babysitting a child around eight or nine years old. Okay. And you say, right, I'm going to give you 20 minutes to write the entire script to an action film. <laughs> And otherwise then, no fish fingers otherwise no fish fingers and it better be good because I'm going to invest at least 50 million in making this film and Keanu Reeves is going to read that alright Keanu so. Reeves is going to read it we've got Willem Dafoe in it we've got you know lots of actors you've seen Michael Nick <laughs> Ian McShane good actors so just do your best alright but only 20 minutes <laughs> I don't want you to put any thought into it just to, it reminds me I, me and my brother when we were kids we used to have a 
our nan used to buy a seat or give us she used to work for the company and they had leftover diaries yeah they didn't they were page a day diaries that she gave us as our drawing books and we played a game where we would just draw a picture of two people having a chase and shooting each other and it's almost and we would write detective things like a man walked down the street a robber came he shot the robber the robber was dead then another robber came in the car he shot the robber the robber was dead yeah. then, I mean I was four or five not even eight so it starts off I'm saying this because you don't need to watch this film so spoilers <laughs> uh, it starts off oh oh boo hoo um, Keanu Reeves' wife that he loves has just died how do you know she's the, just died? Well, because he's looking at some video of her and there, there's lots of photos of her and, and he goes, sure. to, goes to the funeral. But guess, <laughs> oh, he goes to the funeral. Okay. That's the main, yeah, that's the main way you know she's dead. But, I mean, so he's vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, but we need to make him more vulnerable. How are we going to do this? Cut his dick off. No. Mm, oh, she sent, she sent him a prison. Guess what it is? A baby. Him, <laughs> him to look after almost a puppy. Oh. A lovely puppy. Does the dog die? What do you think? Yeah, it gets killed. <laughs> How do you establish a villain immediately? As you do a warm-up kill with a dog. Which, yeah. to anyone who's ever actually had a dog, is not a warm-up kill. It's killing a child. That's what killing a dog yeah. is. It's an acceptable, so, acceptable child. It's in no way acceptable. Killing no, a cat, a fine. <laughs> but, but everyone saves the cat and kills the dog. No, I'm, I'm sick of dog his death. Wife, his wife buys him a, his wife from beyond the grave buys him a puppy and in the meantime he's taking his flash car down the station to get some petrol and some Russians played by Alfie Allen and some other people oh yeah see his car and they decide they want to have his car so they try and break into his house and nick his car and they beat him up and they kill this puppy so that they are 100% evil evil so so now in cowboy rules killing them is now fine but the only thing is, is that he doesn't. Re- his his Alfie Allen's dad. He's Alfie's Russian, by the way. They're all Russians. Okay. Russians are the new bad guys. Again. Yes, it's fine to kill all Russians. And his dad is the owner. His dad runs the city. He's a he's the head of the boss. You know of everything. So he's crime. he's the uh, the mobster boss's son, which is an absolutely yeah. trope character. Yeah. You know, the- and John Wick, he was like the boogeyman. As you call him, but he was a guy. That they used to hire to kill everyone. When no, when you've got the hardest mission in the world, and I mean, who we're going to get in? Oh, we'll just get John Wick in, and he does it because he is a mean killer. He's he the, left us all behind him. He's the boogeyman. The bogeyman. <laughs> the boogeyman would be different. Yeah, the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. He gyrates around. <laughs> he's so bad at dancing. Yeah. If you see him dance, you die. Oh, that is bad. I hope he doesn't dance anymore. Yeah. Um, and so he decides to now his dog's dead he's got nothing to live for so he's going to carry on killing people until makes sense but it's one of those films where you can just go alright how long is the fight going to be between each character before they die according to how many lines they've got yeah if a char- if a villain says two or three lines they're a henchman that means their death fighting scene is going to be 30 seconds longer okay than a normal person so it's just a revenge, a revenge for a dog film. Yeah, it's a revenge for a dog. It's basically John Wick goes to a different place. He shoots and kills fifty or sixty people. Yeah, but all of them, one at a time. Yeah. So if you if you say we're breaking the house to kill you, yeah. rather than all six of us shooting at the same time. Yeah. 
we're going to go one by one. <laughs> Even though 20 of us have already been killed doing this one by one approach. Yeah. Rather than that, why not just wait and put a sniper outside his house the next well, day? Presumably because shoot him. they don't want to see him dance, do they? That's no. The, that's the thing. They're you afraid gonna, of seeing him well, dance. Well, you're going to. And they've done this as well. Uh, the boogeyman. <laughs> the, listen, I'm getting over an illness. Um, I like the boogeyman. I want to use the boogeyman. They, they're doing. They, they do a thing with subtitles. I've got a real problem when I think subtitles should just be legible in normal white or black writing or yellow. It's quite yellow. good. Yeah. Don't do a thing where you start putting them around the screen. Oh, piss off! And accent <laughs> and putting words like fuck. And um, boogeyman in different font. Okay. So that when yeah. they speak in Russian, they actually put in oh. weird, like weird fiery font. Like it's a comic book, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And Keanu Reeves, I, I really like Keanu Reeves, and, and it's great because it, it, he's almost got this thing where he can do up to two sentences normal. Yeah. If you go into a third sentence, he automatically starts going into brilliant sections. Yeah, yeah. It's like Jason Statham in that regard. I watched yeah. another Jason Statham film where I, I cheered when it happened. First two scenes, American. Third scene, it's wavering slightly. Fourth scene, British, all the way through really? to the end. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Keanu Reeves is great because you can go, where's Brilliant Sections? You cannot do more than three no, or four lines. I really like Keanu Reeves as a leading man, though. I think he's usually. brilliant. I think he's really, really good. This has got yeah. great actors in it. The script is diabolical, and it's just, it's almost a child's version of villains. Right. I don't, there's nothing glamorous or cool. I'm sorry, Overlastman, this is terrible. It's just literally a setup. I'm going to go to this place. Oh, you better, go, you better go to the garage. They're all at the garage. You know, you yeah. better go there. They're all there. I'm going to kill 50 people in order, just shooting them. And they're not even good special effects. It's, yeah. It looks like someone's used After Effects and done that blood splatter you do. Because there's so many deaths. It's just me going, shooting him, shooting him, shooting him. I'm going to shoot him, shoot him. I won't get injured. I'll do a little bit of a fight with him. I'll shoot him. I'll shoot him. Okay, that's that bit over. Bit of talking, bit of talking. I'll shoot him. That is it. But what are the action sequences like? Are they well choreographed? Can no. you see the stuff, like Oliver says? I mean, are they well shot? I think it's all right. Okay. I'm just not. I maybe I'm. I'm just an old man now. I'm 39 years old. I have no interest in these films. Right. It's like watching. A, it's just a succession of people getting killed. There's no pleasure. There's no glamour in it. There's but no enjoyment in it. But they're <laughs> they're tacit dog murderers, Marek. I mean, surely there's some pleasure in seeing. Surely them John Wick get their uh, yeah, well, just right. desserts. I mean, he, yes, he died. was. He was, a, he was a career murderer yeah. himself. He's killed but, hundreds and hundreds of people. But he recently gave up for a brief window of time. <coughs> and, and that means we like him. You don't ever hear about the guy, you don't hear about dead guy number four. <laughs> He's probably just, you know, he got a security guard job, he didn't realise what it was, and he ends up getting killed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry John Wick didn't turn it's out to rubbish. be everything you were promised. I can't believe people think this is good. There's no... There is not one conversation in this that's remotely interesting. Have you seen other films of this genre, though? For instance, have you seen the Taken films? Or I thought Taken, the first Taken, was uh, a good action. It's film. responsible for a yeah. big old spate of one old man versus a load of, yeah. of gangsters films. Yeah. I really like Keanu. I think Keanu has got this odd. Like in Speed, is he's brilliant. Yeah, that's a great. Film. That's that's a good action film. Yeah. You've got something where you've got... It's so much more interesting 
than this. This is almost sort of bordering on that superhero thing, mm. where he's just suddenly he's this ultimate killer who can never. All he gets is a slight cut or scratch. Well, that annoys it. me. That I've talked about it before, but the best heroes are ones who really take a pounding and keep getting up, rather than the ones who never yeah, like get in hit. Like Die Hard and Bruce Willis when he's going yeah. to the glass and stuff like that. Yeah, you know that's that's more like you actually feel the glass. You know, yeah. Indiana Jones gets the absolute <coughs> crap beaten out of him every single film, doesn't he? But he keeps on going. Um, yeah, yeah. He does get beaten up a bit, but it never. I don't know. I just. Maybe I want on a different. I don't want to watch these rubbish action films. Yeah, it's not interesting for me. Well, how many Marricks? Three. Three Marricks for John Wick. Well, Three. Let me go through other films that he said are good. Tinker said Taylor's Soldier Spy is good, but I didn't really understand most of it. Killer Joe, I haven't seen it yet. Only God Forgives is by the same thing bloke who did Drive. Drive is brilliant. Only God Forgives is awful. Which one is that? Is it Gosling again? Yeah, he's in it. Oh, the one with him with the, his fists up in the poster. I think so. It's yeah, awful. yeah, yeah. Snowpiercer is one on a train I haven't seen. They look quite good. All right. Um, I was made aware of a film that I don't think actually comes out in cinemas till next year. But the Bumming Man. The Bumming. No, what? If you've rushed it into production, maybe it could make it to cinemas for next year. But no, it's uh, <coughs> just something to look up. It's. I think it's a German film, but it's called Victoria, and it's. Uh, the two principal characters are a, a Spanish, uh, I think a woman, and a German man, uh, or the other way around. Um, but Hans and Conchita. That's right. But they speak uh, they speak in English because that's the uh, common language they know. Therefore, it missed out on a foreign language nomination uh, at uh, some either the Oscars or some other festival because it didn't have enough uh, it didn't have nothing um, foreign language in it. But it is. A two-hour something film, two-hour twenty minutes, I think. Um, we're including a bank heist in it at one point, and it is one shot. And apparently, it's brilliant. Apparently, it's wow. brilliant. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing more about it or seeing it. Hopefully, when it finally comes out, it's called Victoria. But anyway, keep keep our eyes open for that. Um, that'll do for this week. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to get in touch, then please do email us, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com, or you can post anything you find on our Facebook page, forward slash filmfandango, so that other listeners can see it and you can talk to one another. Or you can tweet us at filmfandango, at Mr. David Reed, or at Merritt Larwood. And we do all of this for free. So if you would like to contribute towards our running costs so we can keep doing it and keep doing it for free um we have done over 200 episodes now so uh listen to our back catalogue if you haven't already but if you'd like to donate then go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there and everyone who has thank you very very much we will be back next week with a guest with a guest of all things keep watching Watching the films. films This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.